0: Thank you for listening to this message from Waynesboro Free Methodist Church. Our mission is to multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We hope this message helps you along your journey. Me and my wife also have the uh, pleasure of uh, following God's lead of being a part of the youth group at this church as well. And uh, we've seen some pretty incredible things already. And we have some pretty incredible uh, students, teens, whatever you want to call them, that God is pouring into So I just want to take a second, because I asked them, I said, what are some of the things you're proud of from 2022? Yeah, I'm going to say them out loud, guys, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a little bit long list, so bear with me. So Jubilee, she's an amazing singer that serves our church. She also has a job that she works at every weekend. She's a kind soul, and I've watched her connect and care for all generations. Nico, sorted out all his Legos, which is not an easy task, (laughs) is getting better about reading his Bible and finished the book of Mark. Praise the Lord. He has a creative mind and deeply enjoys fellowship with the others. Karis, making new friends she's very proud of, also being a good friend to others. Karis has amazing support for her siblings and has a kind, respectful heart. Noel, she's so proud of growing in her faith. Uh, she's such a sweet soul that has designed a relationship with Christ and strives to love on others. Maddie is an amazing artist that has contributed some beautiful murals that have been displayed publicly. She's also part of a teaching group at school, so there's a lot of great future in there as well. The first time we met, she expressed that she didn't know how to pray. And now every time we talk to her, she asks us how she can pray for us. Marta is proud of joining youth group and attending Waynesboro FM, and getting a job at Love Inc., and making new friends. Marta is a server of the Lord. Any way she can help and serve, she does it with a kind and generous heart. Layla is proud of getting to National Honor Society at school, baking apple pie from scratch, <laughs> finishing the year with all A's, and she got a stuffed animal for her own that he sleeps with. She's very proud of that as well. Layla is a lover of people and desires to bring kindness and joy into the world. Kylie, she's proud of getting into golf school. She also did comp chairs, where they went to states and is surrounding herself with a good group of friends that allowed her to strive in this world. Kylie is a bright and caring young lady and has a heart that desires connection with others. Kelsey is proud of making varsity basketball and starting. She's a hooper. Also, she's proud of the first semester she went. She's also tackling and succeeding at Latin. If anyone's ever taken Latin, that's not easy. Kelsey is a caretaker and has a heart to do good in life. Alex is proud of working and a relationship with Kelsey. Sorry, Truman. (laughs) He's a good guy. He's a bright young man, though, who is respectful and an amazing artist, but he doesn't like to show it. Camilla is a great student at school and is surrounding herself with good and true friends. Camilla desires goodness in life and is caring and loving to those around her. Evelyn, she's proud... She's proud of making the volleyball club and team and keeping good grades at school. Evelyn is such a kind and loving soul that is intelligent with who she surrounds herself with. Skylar's an accomplished runner and made JV basketball as an eighth grader. She's so caring, kind, and a ball of joy to be around. And Sierra, Sierra broke her personal mile time at six minute, six minutes, 52 seconds, and got the record last week on high jump by clearing four foot, four inches. Yes. Sierra's a joy to have and also has a heart to serve others whenever she can. Leanne, she's an amazing artist and a loving big sister. And when we went to this elderly home a few weeks ago, she gave every single person a hug and a Merry Christmas, as did so many others. And of course, Logan, he's got a creative mind, a good freestyler, and also a loving little brother, and also gave every single person there a hug. Now, the reason I want to share this is not to build up their ego, but to show that God is pouring into this youth in this community. That God has taken the time to give gifts to these teens to help others and to showcase His beauty and His divine nature. And I almost want to put a dedication for all these teens right now. So let's pray, church. Let's pray for a dedication that... God will be with these teens, but also that this church body will support these teens. Because I don't want to look, I don't have them look back and say, you know, a couple people at this church building supported me. And I say, Waynesville FM supported me in my teen years. A body of Christ supported and loved me through my teen years. And that's what I want for Christ to show himself through his people to support them, because they need it. So let us just pray real quick just to dedicate ourselves in prayer and support for this youth. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that your grace, mercy, and your sovereignty goes to all generations. That not anyone of any age is too far away from seeing your glory is seeing your amazing works, Lord. So I just pray that this body of Christ Rises up in supporting them through your call, through your spirit. To show them that they are a people that have been supportive for a group of youth. Especially when the world says Jesus isn't alive, Jesus isn't real. May you show them the false teachings that come across them in their age. And may this body of Christ rise up and support them. And showcase your glory and your will and your spirit through us, Lord. Thank you, Christ, for these teens, and may we just get to see your glory through them in their days. Amen. Thank you all. All right, I think I'm done crying for the day. Probably not. Guys, good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be with you guys today. You know, it's a real pleasure to get to study God's Word, and um, even though I don't feel worthy being up here, I'm just so thankful I get to be up here with you, and let God use me, so I'm not a babbling fool. Um, go ahead and open up your Bibles to 2 Peter, we're going to start at verse 5, and while you're uh, moving to 2 Peter verse 5, I want to just give us a state of emergency real quick. Church. Do you guys know that materialistic things are losing value day by day? That didn't seem like that shocked anybody. <laughs> Did you know if you buy a brand new car today, the second you drive it off the lot, it already lost its value more and more? Yep. That sucks. <laughs> or what about even a house? Well, well hang on, the market's up. You get some money for this bad boy. Well what happens when the market goes up? It goes back down. And you can put money into cars, you can put money into houses, but eventually the value will continue to go down. So the value of a house, the value of a car, things that we own, we care about. Because they give us use. We get to drive in a car. We get to drive in a house. Not drive in a house. We get to live in a house. You know what I mean. If you drive in a house, you do got value. Uh, You get to live in a house. And we care about things that give us use because we get to use them. But then you start to think, well, actually, things are being made cheaper now. Things are being made of plastic. Cars are being instructed by carbon fiber and plastic. So that means the prices are going down, right? Yeah. So now we got is not matching quality. So you have good quality, you have good value. But now you have, you have somewhat value but not as good quality. So now the structure is off. We don't know what's good value. We don't know what good quality brings what price. And we're just allowing people to put prices on things. But what about even smaller things? Like even having a home. Or even having clothes. I get to put this shirt on, but I don't get the value of me putting this shirt on each day. When people fight to just get a shirt on their back each day. But more and more that shirt will fall apart. So things are losing value day by day. Why is that scary to us? I think a big reason why we have issues with that is because we start to attach our value to the things that we own sometimes. And when things start to lose the use of it, and it starts to become useless, like if a car starts having issues or the house starts having a leak. Sometimes we attach our value to those things. When they start to lose use, it's almost like an attack on our value. So if nothing has value or we don't have use, just give up. Don't, don't do maintenance on your car. Don't fix the leak in your house. Not saying that. There's nothing wrong with getting your oil changed. Please get your oil changed, by the way. There's nothing wrong with fixing a leak in your house or changing the filters. Those are just responsible things to do as owner of these things. But at some point, those things start to deteriorate. And I think we as people are starting to lose value in how we see ourselves. All right, church, real quick. Hey, Scott, could you give me some water, brother? Thank you. That's the one time I get to use a demand on the pastor. Real quick, church. Think about the thing that you do best. Give yourself a second. It could be your work or a hobby. It could be a sport you play, an instrument. The thing that you do best. Now, I want to be careful when I say this. Because I'm not saying that you're not good or that these things aren't good that you do. But you think about the thing that you do best, and I just want to let you know that there's somebody in this world that is or is going to be better at it than you. Thank you so much, brother. I'm parched. Yeah. There's going to be somebody that is or going to be better than you. You know, you think Michael Jordan, right? Best basketball player of all time. Could he beat a 20-year-old right now? No. Nah. What about a, a musician At some point, they're gonna lose the ability in their fingers. Or what about a good worker? You're gonna have to retire at some point. You're either gonna retire the job or life's gonna retire you. So, what happens when the thing we do best, the thing we love the most, fails us? Where's our value? Where's our usefulness? Or what about when the world tells you maybe you're not a good parent? Or what about when you let the world tell you that maybe you're not a good spouse? Or that you're a good person? Or when the world tells you that you have no value or use on this world? It's heavy to think of, but this world, this corrupt world, tries its best to, det- to diminish your value in all aspects of your life. So when the world tells us these things, what do we do? We can accept the ruling of a broken and corrupt world. Or we can seek wisdom from the one that is truly sovereign over your value and your use as a person. And that's through the, the word of the Lord. Second Peter, verse 5. For this very reason, Make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. You know what's incredible about the Bible? That we get to hear stories of amazing feats that God had. We get to hear stories about, about people that we get to connect with that had the same struggles that we get to see God do marvelous things, but we get to connect them with the struggles that they had. We get to see God's glory be displayed in the Bible. It's amazing. We get a history lesson that is true and honest and life-changing. But what's also one of the most important things is that we get to know the truth of God. And through that truth, not only do we get to witness him, but he pours into us like an overflowing cup. He's giving us instruction to live in goodness and truth. He knew we wouldn't be able to walk the path of righteousness righteousness on our own. So he gave us a book of instruction to lead us into righteousness, to lead us into holiness. It's not just a great book with good stories, which it is. It's also a manual and instruction book for good living. God is equipping us for something special. And these qualities I just read are something he's using using for us for the foundation of good and godly living. So that first one, faith with goodness. Church, God is good. And all the time. Amen. You know what I love about that phrase? It's not God does good. It's God is good. Yes, God does good things. But God also defines what goodness is. He doesn't get to determine what we think goodness is. He is goodness. And does he need us to determine if he's good or not? No, because he's the creator of it. He is the foundation of goodness. Without him, we wouldn't know what good is. Think about that. Everything good that you have, your house, your car, what about you? And just a, a water, shoes on your feet? Any good thing you have and you know that is God. Not from, It is from God, but it is God directly. So when everyone says, I want to do good, they're really saying, We want to be godly. Because to be good is the essence of God. Equip your faith with God's goodness. Without his goodness, our faith has no hope. And then the next part, goodness with knowledge. Church, we know God is good, but not only see the one that struck goodness into the dark. He's the one who wants to give us the knowledge of how to be good in this world. You know, God is the Alpha and Omega, the one that created the universe by the breath of his mouth, the one that is infinite in wisdom and righteousness. We don't get to determine his goodness, but we are given the benefit and the gift of his goodness, of just knowing it. So the knowledge is knowing all the goodness that is available to us knowing that his goodness is available for us to grasp and to have in our lives and to seek and to have for just a moment. But that moment is the sweetest moment you'll have. That's how good he is. Knowing what he's done for his people as well. God knows he's all good, but he wants us to have knowledge of it in hopes that we may be led closer to him. You know, God's kindness is meant to be led into repentance. That sounds crazy. But God's kindness is meant to lead us into repentance because he knows that the way we live is not good. And we need to know of his goodness to live a good, righteous life. And through the knowledge of what righteous and unrighteous living is, that's where you find yourself drawing closer to God and in the word and find yourself closer to righteousness. So goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. Church, with knowledge comes knowing the true sources knowing where they come from, knowing if they're false or good. You know, we live in an age where everyone is right, no one is wrong, and everything is good. You know, the Internet is a place where you can search until you find an opinion that doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. Like, it's, it's, it's down there somewhere. It might be on page six, but it's there. You can search until someone wants to feed into your toxic habits. Or the things that are killing you day by day. You can find an article that says these are good and this is why. You know, God isn't worried about making you feel comfortable on earth. He doesn't care what bad habits you like to indulge in or what you want to keep. Oh, well, okay, God, I got it. Well, let me, let me keep a little bit of this in and then you can, you can kind of take the rest. God doesn't care about making you feel comfortable. He cares about having you, having you in his kingdom of having eternal life with him. And sometimes that means a harsh lesson. So the self-control is to know what's true and what's not, to know where these resources are coming from, to know that God's word is the only word that's true. And anyone trying to argue it is trying to just bring you down, bring you back into your back, your bad habits, or bringing something new into your life that's not wanted in God's kingdom. Self control to know what's good and what's bad and what to keep and what to get rid of. Have the self control to keep your knowledge sourced by our Father in heaven. And then with self control with endurance. You know, church, can anyone tell me what the lifespan is on earth? Go ahead. 70. Okay, yeah, somewhere right there. What's the lifespan of heaven? Boom, that's a good answer for us and just in general. <laughs> it's true that our life on earth is like a mere blimp compared to the eternity in heaven. But church, there's days where we don't want to get out of bed. There's days where maybe we don't want to open up the Bible. There's days where maybe I don't really feel like praying or I don't, I don't have time to spend with Jesus. There's long days ahead. Maybe we don't want to live in a holy matter. Maybe we don't want to obey God's law. Those days are coming. Why? Because we live in a corrupt world. And even though it doesn't compare to an eternal life, sometimes a day feels long and dark. So when he's talking about endurance, he's talking about sticking through the suffering. Sticking with the good fight. But he's not talking about just suffer and put a smile on, fake it. He's talking about bring it all to me. Don't let any hesitation keep you from running to me. Endurance comes from running to the Lord with every moment you have. Any good, any bad, you run to the Lord. Because endurance doesn't come from flesh, it comes from the Spirit. The only way we endure a life with Christ is by Christ's spirit guiding us and strengthening us through it. You can't have self-control without God's spirit giving you the push and the pull to get through the tough things in life, the tough lessons in life. And endurance with godliness. Church, God loves you so much and he loves you more than any of us can comprehend. Not only does he give us instructions on how to live righteous, but he wants us to be fully dependent on him to guide us because he knows we can't do it without him. Every single quality you just heard, at the end of it, he wants it to be provided from him to you. Any of these qualities, you can't live without his spirit guiding and protecting you and giving you strength and courage to get through this fight. Endurance does not come without godliness. and God is essential in how to succeed with these qualities. Every quality he's showing us to live by, he's confirming that they all must be equipped by his godliness and his goodness. And then brotherly, good godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Unwavering and loving your brother, no matter what they do. having the kind of love that no matter what they do, you will continue to love them. If they curse you, they steal from you, they hurt you. A A brotherly love from God is unwavering. That doesn't mean you just smile at them and say, you're doing a good job all the time. Sometimes you have to have hard conversations with a good brother. But you do it out of love. And these qualities start from a desire to love people. To love God. If the desire to love people and to love God isn't there, some of these qualities you'll find will go through the wayside. We have to have a kind of love that only God can provide. But we have to desire that kind of love for people and for Him. And then it goes down from verse 8. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that word you used, useless? What did God just say here? It will keep you from being useless and unfruitful. But you know what's a great part of this as well? These qualities in increasing measure. God knows this is not just a one day transformation. God knows. He's like, oh, God knows brother affection. Okay, cool. No more sin for this guy. Living a good life for the rest, of the rest of this one. Increasing measuring, but this is a day-to-day journey. This is not just a God, I got it. No, this is the start of a journey for you to find usefulness in your life, to be fruitful in your life. God wants to pour into you so that you can be useful, that you can be fruitful. Because if not, he says that the person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from past sins. Imagine not being able to see God's goodness or hear it. Or to hear something good in your life. Like when you were a kid, your mom says dinner time. Ooh, that's a good thing to hear. Or seeing a tree blossom. Or seeing a good friend get well. to see a good family member be comfortable being blind to all goodness that's that's a harsh and sad thing to think about so the people that lack these things are blind and short sighted but God doesn't want you to be blind he wants you to see his divine nature he wants you to see the things that he will do in your life Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. You know, God has control of what he will use you for, what he will pour into you. And every aspect of goodness He wants to give to you, that's all God's control. You know what God just asks of us? To put the effort in. Just the effort. Just an effort of seeking His goodness, of seeking His glory. And He will do the rest. That's a good father. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have a nice house or a nice car. You don't even have to have clothes. Just the effort to know God, and He will do the rest for you. Just the effort. That's how much this God loves you. That's how much our God loves you. The one and only Father loves you that much that he just wants you to put the effort in and he will do the rest for you. But what about we feel unworthy of these blessings? We feel undeserving to have a value, or to undeserving to have usefulness in God's eyes. You know, when we think of heaven, we think of a place flowing of milk and honey, a place where sin doesn't live, a place where righteousness and godliness are just just flowing through the sky, and it's so incredible that starts to feel almost distant because we live in this world where we hear news articles of horrible things each day or we have people talk down to us or we have our work saying we're not doing a good job. And it's hard to think of a heaven or a God that's so incredible when we live in a life that's so dark. But Jesus tells us not to just wait, right, which he is coming, but he says the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here, it is within you. His spirit is alive, working through you, ready to take the darkness away from you. But why does Christ try so hard with people that are so broken? Why does he try so hard to make people that are reborn that have so much bad, so much darkness, so much sadness in their life? Verse 3. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By by these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil Mm -hmm. desire. Why does God want to use such broken people when we don't put that much into it? Because He wants to use you to showcase His goodness. He wants to use you to showcase His grace and mercy. He wants to use you to show you that these people might be broken, these people might think that they're finished, but they're not finished and broken in my book. They will be made new in my name, and my glory will be made through them. He's given us everything required for life. And that's not just meaning life in here, it's eternal life. And you can't have eternal life without godliness through the knowledge of him. To just know that he loves you, to know that he has so much in store for you. Church, I want you all to close your eyes real quick. Think about the most beautiful tree that's blossomed in front of you. The flowers have great color. The wind's blowing through night. It's just a beautiful tree. Now think about it. if one little leaf falls off. Does the whole tree lose its beauty? Mm-mm. So you could say maybe that leaf's not essential. But if you're saying that leaf's not essential, you're saying they're all not essential. Church, whether you think you're not. Essential to this church body. Whether you think you're not important, whether you think that nobody will notice if you're here, don't come here for what other people think of you. Come here to be a part of God's beauty. God doesn't want you just here just so others can think that you're a nice person or they think that you're good. He wants you here that so He can showcase that all this brokenness in front of us, every broken person here, is here so he can showcase his grace and mercy and the glory of him. He wants to use you and work through you. He wants to show you that you're not done, that you have value, that you have usefulness, but it's value in him, usefulness in him. When the world tells you you're a bad parent, when the world tells you you're not a good spouse, or when the world tells you that you're not a good person, you don't have use and value in this world, God says, not if I'm a part of it. God's ready to use and equip you for something much more than you can even imagine. This day-to-day life doesn't determine who we are. God determines our value and usefulness. And it comes from the qualities that are provided from Him, so that we may spend eternal life with Him. We hope this message helps you multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit waynesboroughfm.com.